0: It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, I'm so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and if you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, head over to BetOnline.ag. Use promo code Podcast One. You'll get a 50% sign-up bonus today. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. He is Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. He's been the top-ranked fantasy analyst in the country over the last five years. In the world, I guess, which is why he is my co-host on the Fantasy Feast podcast. You also know why Steve Fezzik's my co-host on the Even Money podcast. I get the best. I get the best on my shows. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Now I've got five podcasts uh, that I own, including the Ross Tucker football podcast, which was amazing with Greg Cosell today, breaking down free agency thus far. You really want to hear what he has to say about Philip Rivers and Tom Brady, as well as, of course, Nick Foles in Chicago and more. And then there's the Even Money podcast where we talked about the impact of some of the quarterback movement on the futures and season win totals. Steve actually even gave some tips on betting online poker or blackjack for those of you guys that have a hankering to do something like that. There's the College Draft podcast breaking down the draft prospects and of course Andrew Brandt killing it with the Business of Sports podcast. I know Joe and I, I've said this on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast repeatedly, but Joe and I both wanted to start just by uh, hoping all of you stay safe and stay healthy uh, during this very unique and unprecedented time. Uh, We're going to be able to still continue giving you guys podcasts because we do it from home, which is where we're supposed to be. And we're able to churn it out for you guys. So if you're bored or you're looking for other stuff to do, gather the whole family around and listen to some of the podcasts available at rostucker.com. There's even some other ones that you'll see if you scroll down. There's the Fantasy Football Ball Blast podcast, which you'll like if you like this podcast and you want some more fantasy in your life. Um, Other than that, let's dive into this this free agency, Joe, and some of the big moves and the impact they're going to have on fantasy football next year. All right, Joe, we're going to focus primarily on the quarterbacks today. As we await more movement at wide receiver, tight end, running back for next week. Let's focus on the quarterbacks. And really, it's not just the quarterbacks from a fantasy perspective. It's what it does for their current and or former teams. So, let's start with Tom Brady. Let's start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they all already had pretty good years last year. So, I know he's Tom Brady, Joe. I know he's, you know, the best quarterback of all time. Before we get into his skill, guys, what are you thinking about Tom Brady from a fantasy perspective for next year?
1: Well, he obviously is coming off the worst fantasy season I can remember him having, and the it, it's hard to separate Ross. The fact that he's forty two he was forty two years old playing that season with New England last year. And the fact that he was playing with one of the worst groups of of wide receivers, tight ends that he has played with in a long time in New England. I mean, we're dating back to maybe his first year with the Patriots when he was throwing to guys like David Patton and Troy Brown, and Antoine Smith was his was his uh, running back. It was not a great supporting cast for Tom Brady. Still threw for over 4,000 yards, and I think the key, obviously, uh, for Bruce Arians is the fact that he threw just eight interceptions. As a matter of fact, uh, Tom Brady... For Tom Brady to throw 30 interceptions in the regular season, you have to go all the way back to 2015 and take in his final couple games of 2015 and pile them on top of the last four seasons combined to get to, the, to Tom Brady's last 30 regular season interceptions. So obviously mitigating that risk is important for the Buccaneers. But for Tom Brady in particular, he is throwing the ball to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, He's throwing the ball to O.J. Howard, uh, hopefully. Uh, They didn't do a whole lot of that last year. He's throwing the ball to Cameron Brate. He has two young, speedy receivers in Justin Watson and and Scotty Miller. Um, uh, Guys, just because they're white doesn't mean they're the next Julian Edelman. They're different players. Uh, They're extremely fast. They're more perimeter guys. But this is a very, very appealing group of receivers for Tom Brady to be throwing to. I'm not sure Tom Brady's going to be a top 12 fantasy quarterback, but he is going to be, in my opinion, an early QB two on draft boards. And I wonder if the name value, the fact that he is playing with those receivers in Evans and Godwin are going to push him into the top 12 in terms of ADP. If he is there, I'm probably going to maybe go for a a younger option But if he's in that 13, 14, 15, 16 range, I can see the value picking him there uh, and just hoping that this supporting cast is able to support him and keep him afloat. I mean, we all talk about the decline of Tom Brady last year. The guy still threw 24 touchdowns and eight interceptions, an extremely low touchdown rate of 3.9 percent, though. It was the lowest of his entire career. I have a feeling that's going to change with the receivers that Tom Brady has at his disposal. I wouldn't be shocked if he has one more pretty good statistical season left in him.
0: You know, um, I agree with all that. I think, Joe, that you know, knowing him a little bit and how motivated he is, how self-motivated, determined he is, I think he recognizes how important it is from a legacy standpoint. And it's kind of a weird thing to say about a guy that I think most people agree is the best quarterback of all time or at least has had the best career of all time. And yet, I think he knows that people are going to judge how he performs this year and maybe next and decide how much of his success was from him and how much of it was from Bill Belichick. I think that's a very real thing. So I expect him to play well. I do think, conversely, that not having – OTAs and who knows when training camp will even start, I think is, uh, is, is tough for him because he really highly values every rep.
1: Yeah. And that's going to, I think that will be tough. I think Tom Brady is going to know that he's going to have these talented guys at his disposal. You wonder Ross, things are changing every day. Um, with, with the coronavirus situation. You wonder if in a month or two when we have more information, Brady's able to call up Evans and Godwin and say, hey, come to my place, let's work out, or I'll go so, we'll go somewhere. Who knows what what, what that situation's going to be. But I did want to um, bring up one thing here. Everybody's worried about, oh, my, is this going to be a Namath with the Rams? Is this going to be Unitas with the Chargers? The one thing that I also have to point out there is some more recent guys Manning with the Broncos, Montana with the chiefs Favre with the Vikings. Some of these guys had pretty damn good second acts. And look, I know, I know Peyton Manning's super bowl championship in Denver came with him as a supporting part at best. But if you gave Tom Brady say, Hey man, you're going to play in, in, in Tampa for three years and you're going to make a super bowl. I think he'd take that. So I think Tom Brady, the more that I thought about this, it it makes more sense to me. It's, I, I really had a hard time seeing him leave the Patriots, but when you have a guy who – it's Brady and Belichick, and he's never been separated from that, and people have always wondered, hey, is Tom Brady a system quarterback in as much as somebody can't, can be separated from a system? I think this does make sense for Tom Brady to say, you know what? I want to go do something else. and. Let's see if the receivers were the biggest problem with him last year because we're about to find out because he has arguably the best group of receivers in the entire NFL.
0: Yeah, I um, I also think, and maybe this is just a hunch, uh, maybe it's O.J. Howard, but I, I just picture him liking Cam Brate, man. I I, I picture Cam Brate having double-digit touchdowns. I just, just, you just call it a hunch, knowing Brady, knowing Brate a little bit. I think that's going to happen. I mean, there's a reason why both Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston liked Cam Brady, especially in the red zone so much. Now you're going to have Brady throwing it to him?
1: Yeah, and and here's the thing. Bruce Arians is a smart guy, okay? Everybody's out here like, oh, Tom Brady doesn't fit Bruce Arians' system. You don't sign Tom Brady to say, all right, Tom, you're playing my system, and that's what you're doing, and that's that. This is going to be collaborative. Tom Brady loves the tight end position. He's thrown to multiple tight ends successfully. I think I, God, God forbid me for saying this, Ross, I'm going to invest in OJ Howard again. He's not going to be tight end four or five off the board anymore. And I agree with you. Cam Bray in those late rounds in best ball. Sign me up. I'm I'm in on Tom Brady with those tight ends. They don't even need to. I think they're going to add a receiver, but they don't even need to sign another wide receiver for me to think that this is a great group. Because as I said, I'm optimistic with Justin Watson and Scotty Miller. Those guys can play outside with, with Chris Godwin going in the slot. And I don't think they, and I think they're in great shape there, but I do expect this to be pretty heavy 12 personnel. Hell, um, Brady's used to playing with some 22 personnel with an with an added fullback in the backfield, James Devlin uh in the past couple of years in New England. We'll see if they add somebody like that with Tampa, but I I if they don't sign another receiver, I still think Brady has a top 2 or 3 supporting cast in the NFL.
0: What about New England? I don't even know if there's much to talk about about New England. You know, right now they're acting like they might go with Jarrett Stidham. I don't really believe that that would be their only option. I think that they're just waiting out the Bengals with Andy Dalton or some of these other guys, Flacco, to get cut, whatever. Um, And I think they'll have a veteran there at least to push Jarrett Stidham. Uh, But if it were Stidham, what would would be his fantasy value? What would it mean for the skill guys for the Patriots?
1: Well, Stidham can really throw the football. The problem is the only thing we've really seen of him is the preseason and he had a really good preseason. Some guys have great preseasons and it translates into NFL success. Uh, Dak Prescott, his rookie season, Russell Wilson, his rookie season. Those guys had great preseasons as rookies. Turns out they ended up being pretty good players, great players in the case of Russell Wilson. I don't know if Jared Stidham's is going to translate, and you also have to keep in mind that he is working with a horrendous group of wide receivers right now. Philip Dorsett's a free agent. We don't know what we're going to get from Nikhil Harry. Julian Edelman's up there in age. Um, The the lack of chemistry with Edelman concerns me, if it's Stidham, because those option routes – I mean, Tom Brady knew where Julian Edelman was going to be. I don't know if it's going to be the same – uh, case for Stidham believe most of new still under contract I don't know what that does for anybody and they don't really have a tight end on this roster right now uh, either Matt LaCosse, Ryan Izzo uh, James White is hurt by this whole thing to me it's a downgrade for the Patriots across the board unless they're to bring in a veteran um, and, and maybe it's maybe it's uh, uh, Cam Newton maybe it's Andy Dalton maybe it's Joe Flacco maybe it's Jacoby Brissett Uh, I don't know, but uh, until we get an idea on who their quarterback is going to be, maybe they're tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Before we get an idea of that, uh, I have to downgrade everybody on this New England offense.
0: Let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts. This one seems to be very, very polarizing. You know, There are people that believe Phillip Rivers is going to have a really good year in Indy behind that offensive line. There are others that think he's totally shot. And they'd be better off going with Jacoby Brissett. Let's start with Rivers. Your thoughts on Philip Rivers' fantasy quarterback value, especially you know there are lead, you know these a lot more two quarterback leagues these days.
1: Yeah, I, he's a quarterback too. Um, no, no way can you draft him inside the, the the top fifteen or even sixteen at quarterbacks. He was not very good last year, though. As I mentioned on last week's podcast when we predicted Phil would go to the Colts. He had a really good statistical season as recently as 2018. The thing that I am worried about in terms of his statistics is the group of receivers in Indianapolis. T.Y. Hilton, all right, but then Zach Pascal, Marcus Johnson, Paris Campbell, uh, Devin Funches, Chester Rogers, and Dontrell Inman are all free agents. Eric Ebron's a free agent. The supporting cast is really bad in Indianapolis right now, with the exception of a decent run game with Marlon Mack and that offensive line. And I wonder if that offensive line is going to allow Phillip Rivers to mentally run this offense efficiently, even without putting up big numbers. I do not anticipate Ross that they are done at the wide receiver position. I think they're going to be adding options there for Phillip Rivers, but right now, I'm not anticipating him being a particularly good fantasy quarterback, even if I like the real-life fit here because he knows the offense. uh, He has a great offensive line, and that's something he lacked with the Chargers last year. Right now, I'm still viewing this as kind of a run-based attack with T.Y. Hilton out there. I want to see what the Colts do with the wide receiver position, but certainly of the two older veteran quarterbacks who moved on this week, Tom Brady way above Phillip Rivers in total fantasy value.
0: Sounds like, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Sounds like you you think this is a a positive for Marlon Mack. What about guys like T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle?
1: I think it's I think it's fine for Hilton. Uh, I think it's good for Doyle. Um, depending on if they make a move at the tight end position, um, the one guy I'm particularly interested in is Naeem Hines, the running back. Um, Philip Rivers threw over 90 passes. Uh, Austin Eckler caught over 90 passes last year. Rivers threw over 100 his way. Um, Naeem Hines, we know, has been a good receiver in, in his two years in the NFL, but I don't think he's ever really become like a true dynamic threat like uh, like Austin Eckler is 107 catches in two seasons for Naeem Hines if the Colts do not add another passing down back this could be a really effective year for Hines with the way Rivers checked the ball down to Austin Eckler last year but I wouldn't be shocked if the Colts decide to attack that position in the draft and try to get somebody who's a little bit more explosive coming out of the backfield
0: yeah that's going to be an interesting situation for sure Um, before we get Joe, to a couple of other quarterback situations. Uh, You know what? Actually, I I changed my mind. While we're on that topic of Phillip Rivers, let's go to the Chargers where they have added a lot on defense. They've added a new right guard, Trey Turner, a new right tackle, Brian Balaga. They've kind of leaked out there that they're okay with Tyrod Taylor, um, I don't know if they're just trying to wait out Jameis Winston's money or Cam Newton to get cut or Andy Dalton to get cut or whatever, but that's what the Chargers are saying right now. My instincts tell me with all the spending they're doing that they are trying to take advantage of having a starting quarterback who's on a rookie contract and that they're going to draft a guy in the top seven What does that mean? And again, we'll get more clarity later on the offseason, but what does that mean for Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler?
1: I mean, here's the problem. If Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback here uh, for uh, for whatever time, it's not great news for Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen is as good a receiver as he is. He's a volume receiver, Ross. He is a volume player, and Tyrod Taylor's career high career high in in passes attempted per game is 29.1. The last time Philip Rivers was under 30 pass attempts per game was in 2008. That was the year before I entered the fantasy industry. I entered it in 2009. So over a decade ago was the last time Philip Rivers averaged under 30 pass attempts per game. Tyrod Taylor has never average 30 pass attempts per game. This past season, Philip Rivers in 16 starts averaged 36.9 pass attempts per game. That is a huge discrepancy. And we know that's not Tyrod Taylor's strength, the ball distributing. The one thing I do like about Tyrod's game, and I would actually if he were the starting quarterback for the Chargers, I would value him Higher than Philip Rivers for fantasy because he's a good mover. He throws the deep ball well, which I think is good for Mike Williams. But I think it is a huge loss for Austin Eckler and it's a huge loss for Keenan Allen. I I would struggle to draft Austin Eckler at his current ADP as good a player as I think he is. And I anticipate that that Keenan Allen's ADP is going to take a massive hit. Mike Williams and Hunter Henry, though, I actually think they might be okay with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. Guys who, in Mike Williams' case, get down the field score touchdowns hunter henry's case same thing he's an explosive mover at the tight end position those guys i think might actually be okay and they might actually turn out to be values if tyrod taylor is the quarterback but the other two the volume guys allen and eckler i think are really hurt by this so we do have to see are they going to draft justin herbert are they going to draft jordan love could they get in the mix for two otago vailoa if they do We reevaluate. But with Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback, it's a knock to Eckler. It's a knock to Keenan Allen. I actually think it's all right for Mike Williams and Hunter Henry, though.
0: What about uh, before we get to Carolina and Chicago? Because I'm very curious about your thoughts on both those teams. What's going on right now? We talked about it, Joe. It's not awesome. What is awesome is boxofawesome.com. And you know what? Right around now, I think some people might be able to use a little awesome in their life. Boxofawesome.com sends you all kinds of cool stuff. Cooking tools, outdoor gear. I love their weekender kit with the weekender bag. I love the dob kit, you know, like the toiletry bag. Very cool. I've got both of those. Use both of those to get started Take the quiz at boxofawesome.com because your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month or cancel anytime. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code FEAST at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com. Code FEAST for 20% off your first box. All right, Joe, Carolina kind of thought they would stick with Cam Newton for a year. Got to be honest with you. I'm a little bit surprised by the decision. I thought they were going to stick with Cam Newton for the year. They're not going to do that. Instead, it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. What does that mean for you, for guys? First of all, is there any value for Teddy Bridgewater? And then we'll get into Christian McCaffrey as well as DJ Moore, et cetera.
1: I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a high to mid QB2 for value because he's got a pretty good set of weapons here. He's got Christian McCaffrey, obviously. He's got um, uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, two really good receivers. I actually really like Ian Thomas, uh, the tight end, who – didn't get a whole lot of action last year because Greg Olson was uh, – Greg Olson was still playing at a relatively high level. And the Panthers coaching staff last year really loved Manhertz Chris Manhurts as a blocking tight end. So Ian Thomas really couldn't get on the field unless Greg Olson was hurt. But I do like him for sure. Um, the, the thing that I worry about here for the Panthers is Curtis Samuel – We know Curtis Samuel had the highest percentage of unconverted air yards in the entire NFL because Kyle Allen would throw him the ball down the field and just wouldn't get anywhere near him. Unfortunately for Curtis Samuel, well, you you could be a glass half full or a glass half empty type of guy. I don't think Curtis Samuel is going to lead the NFL in unconverted air yards this year because there won't won't be enough air yards for Curtis Samuel to to lead the league in that category. According to to my guy, Graham Barber, field. Teddy Bridgewater with the Saints last year was last in the NFL in air yards per attempt at just 6.1. He targeted his running backs on 29% of his throws, that's the second most in the NFL, and he led the NFL in the percentage of passes that traveled fewer than 10 yards in the air at 55.1. Teddy Bridgewater is not a checkdown artist. He is a checkdown master he is a true master of the medium with the check down and this really hurts Curtis Samuel in my opinion on the flip side I think it really helps Christian McCaffrey and I think DJ Moore is is somebody this is going to be okay for because they can move him close to the line of scrimmage use some of that yards after the catch ability maybe they'll do some of that with Curtis Samuel as well under Joe Brady the good news for Teddy he knows the offense he has good weapons I think he can be a decent QB, too, and certainly be somebody worth streaming. Um, But make no mistake, all the indications from last year, although Teddy played very controlled football, he deserves all the credit in the world. Obviously, he bet on himself, and he won that bet wonderfully with the contract he's getting from Carolina. He's just not a very aggressive player. And say what you want about Kyle Allen, and many have, he was way more aggressive than I think Teddy Bridgewater's going to be this year. Are the results going to be better? I think so, because Teddy's a better player than Kyle Allen. I just think Teddy Bridgewater is a check-down Master, And that is something that you have to keep in mind when you're looking to draft someone like Curtis Samuel. I was going to be all over Curtis Samuel if Cam Newton was the quarterback this year. Probably not going to happen unless his price falls considerably with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, Maybe Joe Brady can work some of his magic. But Teddy is bad news for Curtis Samuel, although I think he's really good news for Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore.
0: Interesting. Okay, what about Nick Foles in Chicago uh, first of all, do you think he'll start the opener? Is that obvious, or do you think it's yep. there's still chances? Trubisky. Secondly, any fantasy value for Nick, and then we can get into their weapons that now include Jimmy Graham.
1: Uh, well, I don't know if their weapons include Jimmy Graham. Uh, uh, Jimmy Graham is is a blunderbuss in the 21st century here, Ross. I'm not sure it's a very effective weapon. Uh, but I, I will say this: Nick Foles. I don't think the bears make this trade if they don't want Nick Foles to be their starting quarterback. I think something would have to go wrong for Nick Foles to lose to lose the job to Mitchell Trubisky. And look, you have the head coach is Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy has coached Nick Foles Matt, uh, in Kansas City. Doug Peterson obviously came from Andy Reid. Nick Foles played for Doug Peterson. Who's the new quarterbacks coach with the Chicago Bears? Oh wait, it's John DeFillippo, who was the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville last year, and he was the quarterback's coach in Philadelphia when Nick Foles was the, uh, was the starting quarterback when they went to the Super Bowl uh, in relief of Carson Wentz. I don't think the Bears make this move. If John DeFillippo and Matt Nagy aren't on board with saying, you know what, our offense isn't running the way it can run. We need to get somebody who can execute this system in here. And that's why they went out and got Nick Foles. And I think overall, it's good news for Allen Robinson. For Bears fans, this might not move the needle a whole lot. But if Foles can stay healthy, I actually think this is something that's going to give them a little bit of stability at the position. The irony here is Foles has never been able to stay healthy. And it's always one of the things I chuckle about when people are like, oh, Philadelphia should have kept Foles. Wentz has always hurt. Nick Foles has never started more than 11 games in a season, whether because of injury or because he was benched. So there isn't that consistent uh, availability for Nick Foles. Matter of fact, he hasn't started 10 or more games since 2015 when he was with the Rams. You remember that Nick Foles had that year with the Rams. So with, when it comes to Foles, I actually think he's going to be a better fit than um, Mitchell Trubisky. I think, I, I suggested Teddy Bridgewater to the Bears because I thought similarly he could run the offense effectively and he has more mobility than Foles but I think the guys who are on that staff advocated for Foles because they know with the defense they have Khalil Mack I think they expect more from the run game this year with David Montgomery Tariq Cohen they have a great receiver in Allen Robinson I don't know what to expect to Jimmy Graham I'm not interested in him at all by the way they also signed Demetrius Harris so I think they're just going for the shotgun method at tight end. I just think they believe Nick Foles is going to be able to go there and provide a stabilizing effort. Maybe somebody who you know what you're getting from on a throw-to-throw, play-to-play basis more than you were getting from Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, Foles, you have your problems with him. He's kind of a slow operator. But, man, you get him comfortable, he can get in a rhythm unlike – I mean, when Foles is in a rhythm, he looks like a really high-end quarterback. If you throw him off his rhythm, well, that's why he gets benched. But I think they're trying to recapture some of the magic that Foles had in that Super Bowl and that playoff run in Philadelphia a couple years ago. Foles has managed to make a lot of money. Based on these unsustained runs of success, but I actually think he's a better fit and a better player for the Chicago Bears than Mitchell Trubisky, even if it's not the splash move of a Cam Newton.
0: Yeah, I'll be very curious. Doesn't sound like you're real high on Jimmy Graham. Oh, God, uh, no.
1: <laughs> he can't run anymore, Ross. I mean, it, it's... It, it's can't, hold
0: not, on a second, though, it, Joe. Can he be... At the Anquan Bolden stage of his career, and or, I thought it was interesting, Greg Cosell mentioned on today's Ross Tucker Football Podcast how much Foles likes to throw the ball to tight ends. Can Jimmy Graham just make some plays on third down in tight coverage and in the red zone?
1: Well, I, that's what he's going to have to do because I don't think they, they can expect him to play a full a full slate of snaps anymore. I mean, 16 games last year, he caught just 38 passes. I think touchdowns is it for Jimmy Graham. Um, I'm I'm really surprised they they gave him that deal. I think they were in on Austin Hooper. That was a uh, a lot of Bears beat writers suggested that would that would have been their preferred guy. And I have to admit. Uh, Unfortunately, if they had signed Austin Hooper, I would have loved him for fantasy with knowing how Nick Foles throws the ball to the tight end. But Jimmy Graham, I mean, Ross, I faded the guy two straight years and it hasn't – it hasn't been a bad idea to do so. He's, he's just not been very good um, in, in Green Bay, and I just can't imagine with Nick Foles pulling the trigger or Mitchell Trubisky, he's going to have much more success in Chicago, especially since they have so many bodies there. Uh, Demetrius Harris, um, Trey Burton's still there, by the way, speaking of somebody who once threw a pass to Foles. Um, so they have so much there. I'm going to wait to see how this shakes out. In, in, in free agency in the draft before I really get, commit to anybody there. Right now, I have no interest in, in, uh, in Jimmy Graham.
0: Last thing I want to talk to you about is, from a quarterback perspective especially, is the fallout from the DeAndre Hopkins trade. And so what that means for Kyler Murray and then what it means for Deshaun Watson. Why don't we start with Kyler Murray, Joe?
1: Well, first and foremost, just really quick, and we will get to Hopkins. I think it's a hold steady for Hopkins. I still think he's a late first, early second round pick, more likely a first round pick, especially with how um, Arizona is going to run its offense this year. Number two, I think this locks in Kyler Murray as QB three in redraft behind Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, whichever order you want to take them in. Um, I Like uh, really early in the offseason, I was saying, you know, Kyler Murray could be could be Arbitage uh, Lamar Jackson in 2020. People, uh, instead of paying for Lamar, you go get Kyler Murray. Well, everybody was on that train just as soon as I was because he was like QB4, QB5 in early best ball ADP, and now he's going to be QB3. With the, with the increased weaponry, we know he can run. He got more comfortable in the offense as the year went on. He is locked in as QB3 in redraft. Here's the other fallout I think I'd rank him above deshaun watson in dynasty right now
0: well wow. texans
1: are a rudderless ship I, I don't know what's going on with bill o'brien i had a ton of respect for bill o'brien for a good number of years but ever since he took over the general manager's job they ha- he has made bizarre move after bizarre move even though the tunsel move worked out but now you make the tunsel move and because of that you have to sell hopkins for pennies on the dollar i don't get that uh Deshaun Watson's now throwing the ball to Will Fuller, who's never healthy, to Kiki Kuti, who's never healthy. They signed Randall Cobb, who actually had a good season last year, but certainly not the type of guy you want to replace DeAndre Hopkins. They have DeAndre Carter. I mean, I'm just not sure who Deshaun Watson's throwing the ball to here. It's David Johnson ran like he had a dirty diaper on last year. So I'm not entirely sure what this Houston offense is going to look like. I think it is it's a really bad situation here. Watson's probably in that QB 6, 7, 8 range just because of his natural ability, but we're looking at one of the worst supporting casts in the NFL, and if Will Fuller can't stay healthy, it might be the level worst. Oh, and by the way, keep in mind that even though this is a loaded wide receiver draft, the Texans don't have a first-round pick. So Arizona gets DeAndre Hopkins, only manages to give up a second-round pick for him, and that frees up Arizona to use its first-round pick on a tackle something they need to protect Kyler Murray two teams moving in drastically different directions in both reality and fantasy in my opinion
0: yeah I mean um Deshaun Watson I I just feel so bad for him I really do Mm -hmm. it's absolutely brutal so neutral for Hopkins that's interesting I think it's really smart for the for the Cardinals to get sort of the next Larry Fitzgerald while they still have Larry Fitzgerald like have the next guy that can be a number one for a while now that Larry's uh, not really that anymore and way up there in years and for Deshaun Watson wow man I mean DeAndre made a lot of plays for him
1: He did. And look, and Deshaun, the thing about Deshaun is he's willing to throw the ball up there. You know, like he's he's okay to he's okay to make mistakes. He he'll throw the occasional interception because he trusts his receivers. Now, here's the thing. I know Deshaun Watson. This is going to sound like blasphemy based on, you know, what everybody thinks. And we all think of Deshaun Watson. I think Kyler Murray's a better thrower, Ross. I think Kyler Murray, if you're talking just pure arm strength and accuracy, he might be top three, four, five in the NFL. And and people might not think of him that way because he's small and he's short, but he's got a power arm. And I think he's willing to pull the trigger. And I think this is just going to make him all the more potent. People are really going to see what kind of arm Kyler Murray has on him this year.
0: Excellent work, Joe. As always, man, we still got a lot that we're going to have to talk about next week. As well. Speaking of talking about a lot, we talk about bet online a lot. And I know right now there's no NBA, no NHL, no MLB. So you're thinking there's nothing to bet on. Guess what? That is incorrect. Bet online still has hundreds of places to wager from the online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. You could bet on stuff like American Idol, the election, etc. So go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code podcast one so that you get the 50% sign-up bonus. Betonline, they are your online sportsbook experts. And Rostucker.com is your place for all of the podcasts you need in your life. We're going to get to over the coming weeks, you're going to be able to ask Joe some specific fantasy player questions, fantasy strategy questions. So if you are thinking about Dynasty and you're not sure who you should keep or not, ask Joe. He's a tremendous resource. Take advantage of any of the sponsors We're on the sponsor page at rostucker.com and then ask Joe and we'll go over it because that could help everybody. If you, if you have that dilemma, other people do as well. Other than that, I'm totally stuffed and full. We're done.